0: Good morning, church family. Good to see you this wonderful morning. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, Father's Day and, and Mother's Day look very different. On Mother's Day, you cannot get a reservation in a restaurant. And Father's Day, there's plenty of space. I'm asking you keep that same energy that you have for Mother's Day for Father's Day. Anytime you watch even sports, shout outs go to mom. Christians say thank you, Jesus, and all of those things, and the next thing they say is, hi, mom, thanks, mom, when people get drafted. It's not like they don't have dads, they got, they got dads. Restaurants are not uh, empty on Father's Day because dads don't like to eat. Even in my, um, in my own home, that's the way it is. My boys are grown. They are in touch with their mother every single day. Every day, my boys talk to their mother. I'm not clapping for that. Like, yeah, that's good. I will let a week go by. It starts encroaching into the following week. And then I break down and call. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Haven't heard from you for a while. And they'll say, I spoke to mom earlier. (laughs) My son, Reggie, bought my wife a really expensive gift. And it's something my wife, like, asked him for specific. My wife is very specific. Buy me this. When I saw the price, I said, Jesse, don't ask him to buy you that. And she said, he's got the money. Let him buy it. (laughs) He bought it. No problem, Mom. My pleasure. Shipped it to the house. My birthday came around. He said what does dad want for his birthday? My wife said, let me ask him because, you know, he's very specific in what he wants. And when I told him what I wanted, he said, tell dad I'll cash app him half the money. (laughs) What she received was four times more expensive than what I wanted. And he said, I'll send half the money. All I'm saying is let's celebrate dads as well. And I hope my sons hear this. (laughs) Today's sermon, we're going to find ourselves in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. I'm going to be reading from the CSB. The title of this morning's message is, The Work Continues. We're going to be reading the first 10 verses, First Chronicles chapter 28. So if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's word. It reads this way. David assembled all the leaders of Israel in Jerusalem the leaders of the tribes, the leaders of the divisions in the king's service, and the commanders of thousands, and the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of all the property and cattle of the king and his sons, along with the court officials, the fighting men, and all the best soldiers. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. It was in my heart to build a house as a resting place for the ark of the Lord's covenant and as a footstool for our God. I had made preparations to build, but God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me out of all my father's family, to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader, and from the house of Judah, my father's family, and from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And out of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon, to sit on the throne of the Lord's kingdom over Israel. He said to me, your son Solomon is the one who will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he preserves in keeping my commands and my ordinances as he is doing today. So now, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and follow all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance to your descendants forever. As for you, Solomon my son, know the God of your father, and serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands the intentions of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will reject you forever. Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary Be strong and do it. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness throughout the generations. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that can be known and that you call your people to your service, to purposes that you've made them for. Thank you that you are our Father. Thank you for earthly fathers and for children. We lay this message before you, and we ask that you would feed each one this day, that we would know what it is to have a father in heaven that is close, that is there, that is aware, that is involved, that can take care of every need. You are a good father, Lord. Let us celebrate that to this day as we consider what it is to be a father, to have a father, to be a parent, to be a brother or a sister. Thank you, God. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You may be seated. The first thing that... Um, I recognized when I read this text was uh, that David had it on his heart to do something, um, and God said, no, that's not what you're going to do. And the first point that I want to make is, is follow the Lord's call, not your own desires. It is so often that we want what we want. But it says here, then King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my brothers and my people, it was in my heart to build a house as a resting place for the ark of the Lord's covenant and as a footstool for our God. I had made preparations to build, but God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a man of war and have shed blood. We we have to um, be careful not to confuse what is on our hearts and mind and what God says. And, And the main way that God reveals himself is through his word. God reveals his His will to us through his word. Yes, God speaks to us in other other ways, but we always have to go back to his word. I often hear people um, wanting to shut down the conversation when you challenge them on something by saying, God spoke to me. Here... David wanted to do something for the Lord. He wanted to do something that was good. He wanted to do something that God was going to have done. But he said, you're not the man to do it. Often when, when, a, when a, a road gets shut down like that, how do we respond? The way David responded was to still stockpile material. He provided all kinds of things for the temple that was going to be built. And if you read further along in that chapter, the plans that he had in his head that God had placed on him, he gave those plans to his son and encouraged his son to go out and do the work. Even when we hear the reason why God said, you will not build my temple because you are a man of war, because you've shed blood. He, he was not a, a, a man of war, not by God's choice. He, he was called to do what he did. So even when we think about how God has made each one of us, we need to consider those things. Um, Are you insistent on what you want to do or what God has called you to do? Or are you even doing anything for the kingdom at all? Because God has also not called any of us to be idle. Another point that I, I, I recognized in reading this was what you're called to do um, in the life and circumstances that you've come under are very different from those that have come before you and those that are coming after you. And, and their mission is different from your mission and what they're being prepared for compared to what you were prepared for and what you were supposed to be doing. It says that, I had made preparations to build, but God told me, you're not to build my house for my, a house for my name because you are a man of war and have shed blood. But he said to me, meaning to David, your son Solomon— is the one who is to build my house and my courts for i have chosen him to be my son and i will be his father david was a man of war he was a warrior solomon was a prince uh, grew up educated grew up with luxuries grew up in the palace david grew up a shepherd and david ran around in caves for years it was a very different life because the call on each one of their lives was very different all the experiences that we have God uses those things to prepare us for what he has called us to do. And every single person is unique in all that they go through and all that he has for you. And only you can perform what he has called you to do. One of the mistakes that we make and one of the things that I have to refrain from doing because I am known to do it is to look at other generations uh, and and look at it in a different way than uh, than I see myself and and believing that that my generation or the men of my time are better and and it usually starts out the conversation like, In my day, well, first off, it's not your day anymore. Your your day has has come. Your day has gone. And your day, my day, was not better than today. It, it, it It was different. It was different. It came with uh, another set of challenges. And today, the set of challenges are different than what we face. And, And we have to be very careful when we're speaking to the next generation in that way. Because if David was to think to himself what constitutes a man, and, and then he shook hands with his son, whose hands were probably soft from being raised in the palace. Um, he probably wrote a whole lot more um, than uh, David did when David was uh, tending sheep or running around in, in caves. His thought of what a man is may have looked very different. And one of the things that we see him say to his son, be strong, be courageous. Um, David didn't have to be told that, but, but he felt the need to say that to his son. When I, um, when I even uh, think about that, and, and I think about what have I receive. What have you received um, from those that that came before you? And 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 what are you leaving with those that are coming next? When, when we think about that, we think about we think about legacy, um, and 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 legacy is actually your your daily walk and and what you end up leaving behind. It's funny because it's not only um, us looking at the generation uh, that's younger than us and having those thoughts, but sometimes it's even that generation uh, looking at us and thinking we're out of touch or, or we're off or we just don't understand or they think we haven't been through anything. Sometimes when you share a little bit of your history, people look at you like, what? One time we were in Bible study, and I shared some story about my past. I don't remember what it was. And Ruthie was sitting right there, and she said, you, Pastor Reggie? I wasn't a pastor then, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, me, like, I'm a, I'm a person, right? And so, so often young people experience things they, you, you couldn't understand, you have never been through anything like that, and, and that would not be accurate either. I, I was, I remember um, this joke from this comedian. It's funny because uh, one of the things I really enjoy is people that have, like, stage presence, Um, And I love a delivery, so even when I hear a comedian delivering something well, it may really stick in my head years, years after. So this comedian was talking about how he went into the greeting card business, and it didn't work out for him, and um, he said that uh, one of his cards said, um, every day I'm eating well. I'm I'm working out, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting faster, and at the same time, the way life would have it, day by day, you're getting older, you're slowing down, you're getting weaker, revenge is on the horizon, I'll be visiting soon, happy Father's Day. Another thing that we have to remember is that we are passing on legacy to those that come behind us. David left a legacy, and, uh, and so will I, and, and so will you. When we read this, we recognize David didn't only leave a legacy for Israel, but he he left a legacy for his family. He made um, many mistakes. So have you and I. Um, He made so many mistakes and such bad mistakes that the scripture says, the sword will never leave your house. So the mistakes that he made affected his family, all of his wives, all of his children. And if it affected his children, it affected his grandchildren. The sword would never leave his house. We, um, we fall short often um, when we think about uh, how we've been raised, or uh, when we think about who we wanted to be um, as fathers, as, as friends, uh, in the kingdom, what God has called us to, we, we often fall short. One of the things that I know, and, and I know this is true for a lot of people and for young people, when we are raised by our parents, we take away two things, things that we want to emulate and things that we say, I will never do that. I will never be that way. Even with those kind of things, We can view how we've been fathered. Um, and some of us have had very good fathers. Um, some of us have had our father be good in certain seasons and, and not good in others. Um, or maybe good in certain areas and in others be very deficient. And Moving forward, we think to ourselves, when, when I get that opportunity, I, I'm going to going to be different. Or one of the things that I worked hard to be was a good dad. But I'm human. I, I, make, I make mistakes. I, I worked really, really hard to provide for my children, but I can't give them everything. That they need. I worked very hard to be consistent, but I couldn't always be there when they needed me. So, so even as we consider those things and we and we think about legacy and recognize, but even in those things, God has a grace. David being in a situation where his consequence for his actions was going to affect his whole family, there was nothing he could do about that at that point. Sometimes we make mistakes or circumstances happen or or we engage in things and, and now there's no taking it back. It is what it is. But what do we do from there? That's what matters. See, David, at the same time that he had weaknesses, as we do, and faults and made mistakes, he was a godly man. He loved the Lord. He was called a man after God's own heart by God. You know, people say a lot of things about us. People say a lot of things about people. Like, in my career before I was a pastor, people would throw shade. You got like player haters, you got people that just don't understand you, don't like you, whatever the case may be. (laughs) That was good groundwork. Well, when I became the pastor, everybody got something to say. Everybody. And, and you could be on a roll and they had 10 messages in a row, 20 messages. In a row. Wow, this guy's awesome. Yo, you know what you said last week? Or you saw me and you didn't speak and it's just like, okay. When we think about this whole thing and, and what we can actually do as people, as dads, as parents, as church parents, we can't live perfect, but we, we do have one that does live perfectly. And all the areas where we've been weak, where we've failed, where sometimes we just didn't do our job. God has a grace for those things. And and, and what we do from this point on matters. So David made some horrendous mistakes, but at the same time, he modeled a godly life by his actions, by his habits, by the Psalms that he wrote, by how he praised God, by him not taking matters into his own hand with Saul, by him taking in a Jonathan son that was lame and having him sit at his table as one of his own sons. All of those things spoke about his godliness because it's not what you say, but that needs to line up with what you do. Um, And there needs to be a certain level of consistency in that. Um, Modeling your love for the Lord in your failures, in your victories, and even in the consequences we may have to pay in life. And and, and in the um, musical Hamilton, they speak about legacy. And what is legacy? It is planting seeds in a garden you will never get to see, right? Everything we do, um, we are planting seeds. It says in verse 19, David concluded, by the Lord's hand on me, he enabled me to understand everything in writing, all the details of the plan. Then David said to his son Solomon, be strong and courageous, and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He won't leave you or abandon you until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the services of God's house. Every willing person of any skill will be at your disposal for the work, and the leaders and all the people are at your every command. Be strong and courageous is the same charge that Moses gave to Joshua. Um, It's the same thing that Paul said um, to Corinth. Whatever we do, we have to understand is bigger than... Us all. Here we see that uh, not only did David pass that legacy on to his son to go and do that work, it involved all the people of the community to participate in the work of the Lord. And it was going to bless Israel for generations, 400 years that temple stood. Uh, it was the center of Jewish life. What are we leaving behind? What are we leaving behind uh, for our families? What are we leaving behind in terms of legacy and who God has called us to be? David being a person who had ups and downs in his life, he started out slaying giants. And then as life got really good for him at, time, at the time that, that kings were at war, he stayed home, and he took another man's wife, and then he killed the man, and then he caused all kind of turmoil for his family. Sometimes we do all kind of damage and seasons in our life, but what we have to focus on is, what can I do today? It's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Who are you today. What will be said of you? Because what's said of David is he's a man after God's own heart. With all of that stuff happening, you may not have children. You may have desired to have children, but you're still part of God's family if you're in Christ. You still have impact. You still have legacy. What you do matters. What you do is important. Every relationship, every circumstance, every situation that we deal with may not be ideal. It may not even be good, but it's it's not over. We're also not responsible for other people's actions. Not not even our own children. Solomon went astray at the end of his life, following after foreign women and their God. There was nothing David could do about that. David modeled a godly life before him. Often we take on um, what our children have chosen to do or other people that we've invested in, and and we can't, we we can't. And, And then we start kind of thinking about our report card on the job that we were sent to do and say, where did I go wrong? But at the end of the day, there was a parent that put certain parameters for his children to stay within certain bounds of safety he spent time with them he spoke to them he was there for them and his children still went astray and those children's name is adam and eve so 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 of god being their father being there with them he wasn't responsible for their actions so one of the things that we have to do is not take those things on ourselves but what we are I'm called to do is to keep the door open. What we are called to do is, even in strained relationship, don't give up on them. Um, Even when we are hurting because decisions that they may have made, and, and it doesn't compute to us. It's like, I thought if I provided this, this, and this, this would be the outcome or my failure was here, here, and here, and that's why this is the outcome. Neither one of those things can we take on ourselves. We we have to submit those things to God. And like Pastor Angelo says, prayer goes where we can't. So we keep the door open, we pray, and, and, and when I mean keep the door open, I'm talking about the door to your heart. Certain people have to change before there can be any kind of reconciliation in a relationship. But we, as believers, cannot close the door and say, no matter what, don't come this way. Even in great pain, even in great disappointment, that is not for us to do. It is for us to pray. It says in First Kings chapter 2 starting at verse 1 as the time approached for David to die in order he ordered his son Solomon as for me i am going the way of all of the earth be strong and be a man and keep your obligation to the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes, commands, ordinances, and decrees. This is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn and so that the Lord will fulfill his promises that he made to me. If your sons take care to walk faithfully before me with all their heart and with all their soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Our relationship with the Lord and modeling that before others, that is our legacy. That, that is what we leave behind. That is more important than anything else. It is everything in terms of richness in life. And you guys heard me say this before it's about relationship. It's about your relationship with God, your relationship to people, and your relationship to your purpose. That's what makes life rich. I know God, He loves me, I'm His. I have beautiful relationships with those that God has placed around me. And I'm walking in my purpose and what God has called me to do. That's life. That's that's what life is about. It's as simple as those three things. It is um, so important for us to recognize I even was was thinking um, to myself the unresolved issues that I have and how I was fathered and what um, and who God is in relationship to uh, what I've experienced um, in my earthly father. And even how I've fathered my my expectations and demands and, and like kind of who I am and 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 what I I not only required, not only uh, wanted, but what I required. This is this better happen. Um in and, and, and that whole kind of of mindset. And I had um a, a stepdad and he was a very loving man. He was a very good man. And I learned things from him. Um, probably the thing that I, I remember the most about him is he was always a gentleman. He, he, he was a gentleman to the degree he would tip his hat. To, to ladies. He, he, was, he was a gentleman to the degree where he's walking in the neighborhood uh, and he was like old school. He would tell kids that he didn't know. He would correct them if he was doing something wrong. And we were past that time and didn't live in, um, uh, where is it that Opie and Andy live? Mayberry, right. We didn't live in Mayberry. <laughs> but that's who he was. And you know what he used to wear um, when he got dressed up, a seersucker suit. So it's like, I'm wearing a seersucker jacket today. But even my biological father, who's, who's still around, and our relationship is, is strained, I learned things from him as well. Um, so he, with, with both of them, um, it's, hey, these things were good. These things were not so good. Um, And all of that does something in how we live our lives, how we parent, um, but ultimately, it's about our Heavenly Father. Because, you can come up, Brittany, our expectations that we put on people, um, we can't even satisfy ourselves. I, I remember uh, many times sitting in the shanty, the shanty is uh, uh, where we would uh, collectively um, uh, hang out together in, in specific trades on a construction site, so it's kind of like a room or a makeshift space, and, and that's kind of like our office. Um, and, and guys would uh, say things like, when someone comes to speak for my daughter, they better be this, 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 and have this, 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 and this. And I would say, are you that guy? Th- that, that expectation um, that we have sometimes on who we needed um, as a father or a parent, who we um, wanted to be as a father um, doesn't always pan out that way. Life is not a a, a neat little package with a bow on it. It's not life um, at all. But but one thing that we can rest assured in is that God is a good, good father. He says in his word that he'd be a father of the fatherless, the protector of widows, he said in his word, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Amen. He says in his word, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live you also will live. Gloria gave me a uh, a Father's Day card this morning. So if you guys don't know, and I asked her if I could share a, a piece of it, I, I wouldn't say, you know, speak about something personal if I didn't ask. Um, and uh, we have three children, two boys, one's be 27 next week and one's 25 and you know, it was just Jesse like, I'm pregnant, pregnant again. But with Gloria, uh, before we even had our natural born children, we talked about adopting. And Gloria is from Zambia and she's adopted. That's why the boys are grown and she's 16. And, uh, It's so different where someone says, I'm pregnant, and God so impresses something on your heart. And we went halfway around the world and all that that took to adopt this little girl. So in her card, it said, I'm so happy to have you in my life they say you don't choose your family but you and mom did and for that I'll be forever grateful that you did and when I just thought about God adopting us God choosing us God stepping down into humanity and not only freeing us, but calling us his children, calling us heirs and heirs with Christ, meaning all the benefits of being a child. Is yours. You're not a stepchild. And how he's a father, even to our children. He's not their grandchild, their grandfather, he's their father. Like, Like grandparents have a different relationship than parents have with their child. I'm 54 years old. I still need a father. I still need to be protected. I still need to be guided. I still need to be counseled. I still need to be held safe and made safe. And that's what our heavenly father does. We may not have received that from our earthly fathers. We may not have given that to our children. But God has given that to us. Not only that, you have stewardship over your child for a season. And although they'll always be your child, the relationship changes. Matter of fact, when we get to heaven, it's not like glory is gonna be my daughter, glory is God's daughter. She's going to be my sister in Christ. But the relationship with God never changes. He will be our father throughout eternity. He will always keep us safe. He will always hold us close. He will always Provide for every need as much as we've wanted to do that we've all fallen short of that but not him he's, he's there and he's going to be there not only do we call him father, one of my sons calls me father but when he wants to be a little bit more mushy he calls me dad And the Bible says that God is Abba Father. Abba Father is an Aramaic term for father, and it expresses affection. It expresses confidence. It expresses trust. It signifies closeness in relationship and intimacy of a father to his children. And it also expresses a child-like trust that a young child would have in their dad. That's who our father is to us. So whether you've been fathered well or not, whether um, you have unresolved issues as I do, whether you've been a good father or not, we have a heavenly father. And he's perfect in all his ways. And the relationship with us and him never changes. It is secure forever. And all the disappointments we may have given and all the disappointments we may have, God will never disappoint us. He will never fall short. He's perfect. I don't know if you if you know that God, but if you don't. He's calling you to, to know him, to, to come to the end of yourself, and recognize it is sin that has separated you from that kind of relationship. But he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for your sins because he loves you. And when you accept what Jesus did, then your debt is paid. When you repent, say, I need you, God, he fills you with the Holy Ghost, which is a down payment, which secures your place, lets you know I'm a child of God. We're never in a place just arbitrarily every single thing and sometimes we think things are significant and sometimes we think things are insignificant they all have purpose God is always doing something so if this day that's you I want you to speak to one of the leaders or to me after service be happy to pray with you and give you some information and speak to you about what it is to have a loving relationship with God your Father who has provided rescue for you and will put provision in your path and show himself to you day by day that you would have a relationship with him that will never change, that will only grow in intimacy and in depth. Would you stand, church, so... I can pray for you, and let's just consider who God of the universe, creator of heaven and earth, who he is to us as Father, as Abba Father, and no matter how good or not so good our relationships were with our earthly fathers and who we've been his fathers, parents, friends, and siblings. He, he will never fail us. He will never let us go. He will keep his arms around us. We are safe and secure in his hands. Father, we thank you. You are so good, God. And as we've considered This text today, and these things, Lord, we ask that we would leave this place understanding the depths of what it means to be your child. We can't even comprehend what it fully means to be an heir, what it means to be an heir. In a co heir with Christ. But we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for our relationship with you, how you're always there, walking beside us, keeping us, how secure we can be. We all need to be protected. We all need to be loved. We all need to be provided for. We need you to hold our hands, to hold us up and to hold us in your hands. And we thank you that you do that, Lord. We ask that you would let us know how loved we are, how you made each one unique, how you've called us to your purposes. We thank you that even when we look at these men that we looked at today, their shortcomings, their failures, their imperfections, but you said they were yours. And as they walked out the things that you've called them to, it blessed people for generations and generations and generations. that we could be in that place with you. Thank you for that, Lord. Let us never be cavalier about those things, but recognize, even in our limited capacity, the depth of what this means. We want to bless your holy name, Lord, because you are good. And we can be so confident and sure that he who started a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Your word says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 God bless you, family.